0: welcome everyone to another episode of the sample hour so today's guest her name is noelle deer so i met noelle on instagram scott hebert actually tagged me in a post and realized that she was in delaware at a methodist seminary theology school that i always drove by it's on route 23. um so I, I hit her up on Instagram. I came out there. Noelle's pretty young. I think her, and her her whole crew, they're all in their early 20s, so it's pretty awesome. They're getting after it, and they had, they got a lot of cool stuff going on, so at had a great time. I think you guys are going to enjoy this conversation, this show. Um, so with that being said, let's get into the affiliates. So first and foremost, Nature's Image Farm. If you guys go there, you get... 10% off with free shipping on anything that Greg Burns has left. I'm not even sure what's sold out or not. So I'll take a look. But but you guys better go take a look soon because pretty soon he's probably going to be sold out of everything. So go take a look, save 10%, and get free shipping. Um, secondly, I've been telling you guys Grant Schultz is going to bring something new soon, and he has. So Grant just launched a free course for the pawpaw so it's a free pawpaw course so you guys can take a look and sign up for his mailing list for all of his other courses that are going to be coming out but it basically is it's a really um uh step-by-step process on how to looks like how to graph pawpaw how to grow pawpaw and and everything like that check that out um there's gonna be a link in the show notes i'm still waiting on grant to get me some art so i can advertise his new deal so grant if you hear this send me some art man uh so yeah so instead of new farm supply go there so check out the link in the show notes i'll just it'll just say pawpaw course click on the link and you'll go there um if you guys are looking to get in shape i'm a big fan of the rebooted body um kevin gary's a good friend of mine um i've down like 25 pounds i could probably be down more um but i've been kind of lazy and having fun but that's not totally true but definitely um, check out Kevin's click on the link in the show notes check that out if you guys want to start your own podcast big fan of podcast blast off there's pretty soon the sample gonna have a new face they're coming out with a new template here soon and last but not least um, if you guys want to become profitable urban farmers I'm a huge believer in Curtis Stone's course um, I'm a big fan And, uh, yes, you can either save a hundred dollars off the purchase or you can sign up for the payment plan. That's what I did. And now last but not least guys. So as you know, I always share free audible books. And when I was talking to Charles, Hugh Smith and Hunter Motz, they're both like, yeah, why don't you do the audible affiliate program? So I signed up and for some damn reason they won't approve me. So this guy sent me this email. And he hasn't responded. It's super annoying. Um, they, he denied me for all these bogus reasons. So I'm going to continue to give free books. But I, I figured I might as well get paid. If you guys don't mind, email him for me and tell him that I'm a real podcast and to stop dodging my emails. So his name is James and his email, his name is James Perez. So please email him at james.perez at performancebridge.com. Let him know. Hey, Drew Sample's a great guy. He loves to help people set up Audible accounts. So I would, and he's from the sampler.com. So I'd appreciate it. So I figure you guys listen and you know I like to troll. So let's troll this dude because he's really annoying me, guys. So with that being said, guys, I hope you enjoy this show. And I'm looking forward to bringing you another episode soon. (laughs) Save your thoughts. Okay, we're good. Cool. We have 50 hours available of recording.
1: Whoa, I don't think I can talk for 50 hours. <laughs> no, yeah,
0: yeah, I couldn't either. I don't think I could listen to you for that long. Not that you're not nice Whoa. and all.
1: I might be offended <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> I'm just,
0: I'm just teasing you. Okay, so we're here live at we're sitting on haystacks at uh, Seminary Hill Farm. Yep. I'm here with Noel Deer. And uh Scott, my good buddy Scott Hebert, tagged me on one of your posts, which was <laughs> this great photo of your high tunnels and
1: We have a few, just a few. You yeah, know.
0: you have two high tunnels and what how many hoop houses? Thirteen
1: here? mini hoops.
0: Mini hoops. Yep. What happened to the plastic on those back too?
1: Uh it hasn't been put on yet. Oh. We're we're still getting there and we're actually talking about maybe putting blueberries in there and just leaving the plastic off entirely.
0: That'd be cool. It's
1: a work in progress.
0: <laughs> yeah. So here at Seminary Hill Farm, we're actually at a uh, theology school, and thankfully, lightning hasn't struck me dead yet or <laughs> anything like that. I'm just teasing.
1: <laughs> I hope that wouldn't happen, but you never know. <laughs> you
0: never know. I'm not the the most... Uh, no, I'm just teasing. Uh, I try to be a good guy, but I haven't been to church in a long time. Uh, this is very cool. So this is a seminary school and I'll take, there should be some photos in the show notes, but it's, it's always cool because churches have so much land and I always drive by and think, man, they could have like a nice micro mm-hmm. farm or nice gardens and this place is doing it. So, but we'll get into that. So let's talk about Noel here. So <laughs> how you got into farming? Cause you're, you're younger than me and you're like the... <laughs> The newer faces of farming, and like what's interesting is like, you know, you don't come from the same. Like I, I was heavily influenced by like Jean Martin Fortier and yeah. Curtis Stone, and yep. and you weren't necessarily. So, what made you want to become a farmer?
1: I mean, it really all started back uh when I was about three. Yeah, you know, kids want to like leave out cookies for Santa, and I was the kid that wanted to grow carrots for Rudolph. Like, you want to those carrots for Rudolph That's exactly where it started, and then uh I think the biggest influence on me to become a farmer was my grandpa, you yeah. know um he was always very passionate about sharing what he grew in his garden with other people, you know, and like he would make hand pressed cider, and it was, you know just that reaction he got when he handed, like, the male lady, like, a glass of cider and just to see her, like, the smile on her face or, like, when he walked across to our neighbors and gave them, like, a pint of cherry tomatoes, like, really sharing what he was passionate about with his community and with other people. And I think that's really what drove me to be like this. You know, I love being outdoors. I love growing food and sharing that with other people. And I find that food is really the greatest connector. Yeah, like, for sure. That's always what people gather around. Like, hey, we're getting together. We're going to go, you know, down to 12 West and get tacos. Like, it's always food related. Or we're going to go... Where's 12
0: West? To-
1: 12 West is in downtown <laughs> Delaware.
0: Oh, okay. One of I don't my hang favorite restaurants, much. by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't come up to Delaware that much. But, uh, you should, you should okay. definitely check it out. 12 West Tacos. For anybody that's driving down <laughs> 23 and you see Delaware
1: place to be you're
0: hungry yeah okay so everything's food related so everything is is bringing people together food related i agree so you so you're originally from michigan
1: yep from the base of the thumb about an hour and a half north of detroit
0: yeah for anybody that's never met anybody from michigan that's listening (laughs) people from michigan do this weird thing where they show you their hand and you're supposed to understand what they're saying, but only people from Michigan understand it.
1: What? I think that makes complete sense.
0: So because the lower peninsula of Michigan looks like a, a hand to them and they always point on their hand where they're at. Mm-hmm. And if you're from Ohio, you always look at them like they're crazy, but you just smile and nod. So for anybody, if you look on a map, that's where that that's is. That's where
1: I am. Sorry. That's how I describe things. Yeah.
0: No, you're fine. You're fine. Um, Okay, so, so what, so you, okay, so you're a kid, you decide you want to be a farmer, you're in high school, it's, it's, you graduated early, as you told me on the farm tour. Yep. And so, what made you, so how did you go about, like, your next step? Because you knew you wanted to be a farmer then?
1: I knew I wanted to be a farmer basically since I was 12 years old. Um, like, that was just something I knew that I wanted, so I started out, you know, doing my own raised beds just growing things for my own family, and then graduated high school when I was 16, got my first job at an orchard, and immediately started college pursuing my degree in landscape horticulture. Okay. So it was just kind of a spiral from there into just taking the leap and going for
0: it. (laughs) Yeah. So so you graduated college? Yep. And your friend came here and started here. So um, that was inappropriate. My phone went off. Um, So... What uh okay, so your friend Tad,, yep. who who's actually, I guess technically your boss here, mm-hmm. he came here and started this. so how did how did he go about that?
1: So the school actually approached him with this vision that they had of uh, really connecting the theology of the school and being able to uh, provide a place for um, pastors, deacons, folks that are working in the field of ministry to be able to come and really connect with their food. And, you know, a lot of churches having that unused land space, as most of them do, that's also providing uh, a resource for them to learn farming and be able to provide food back to their community as well. Yeah. So it was all kind of this big spiraled vision of... You know, not only being able to provide food to our own uh, campus, our students and faculty, but also being able to train new young leaders to go out and show this what they've learned to their community as well.
0: That's pretty cool. So it's all community driven. yep so what um so how big did he start with? like how much land?
1: So the farm itself is on ten acres. Uh, the first year. We had about four acres in production and now we're up to five and a half and this is our we're just starting our fourth growing season.
0: Okay, and this is and how many seasons have you been here?
1: I started at the end of the first season. Okay. So I started in September of twenty fourteen.
0: September of twenty fourteen. Yep. And then um so at the end did you guys so did you and Tad <laughs> come to get together and just start a plan?
1: Um so he actually started the farm before i came here
0: no but i mean like a plan to expand sorry um, like how did how did it change when you came here
1: (laughs) it was more of trying to meet the needs of uh, the school and what we want to provide to them but also we have a csa program that we do and we actually expanded this year we're doing two different locations so we have a csa pickup location here on campus yeah and then another location in lewis center But then just being able to provide food, you know, to the rest of our community, to local restaurants, um, donating to different food pantries, um, and just really getting fresh organic produce to people that need it and want it.
0: Yeah, that's cool. So, but, and you were telling me before too, so you guys are actually, so like the... The dining hall here on campus and the farm are connected.
1: Yep. So, Tad Peterson, who's my best friend and also my boss, he is technically the manager of Farm and Food, so he oversees the farm, but he also oversees all of our dining services. So, everything that we do in the dining hall for our um, lunch service Tuesday through Thursday, through any of our catering events, it's all, you know, produce that we get from the farm, from other local farmers around us, all of our... Uh, proteins that we serve are chicken, pig, lamb, all sourced from farmers in Ohio. So that's pretty awesome. Um, bringing the food to the people that deserve it and want it—it's good stuff, man. <laughs> that is like you won't find better food than what we serve here.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, it's it's pretty good. You invited me to lunch, but I I didn't I didn't make it today. I feel like a, a, a dope for that.
1: I mean, you know, we have lamb tacos, yeah. and wood-fired pizza. You got to come out and.
0: Another day, Have another day. I promise. <laughs> it's like it's the first day of the season, like of it being nice weather. Yeah, it's literally like the first day in Ohio that you can go get shit done,
1: <laughs> and
0: it's like ramp seasons upon it. So we, were, I was out foraging and stuff. So that's my excuse, guys. Making excuses. That's what I'm here to right, do. Right,
1: right. Excuses, whatever.
0: <laughs> okay, so uh, <laughs> so you guys came and uh, I keep. I don't know. I'm kind of overwhelmed by everything because it's so, it's so cool. There's a lot. There's a lot, there's a lot here. So, I mean, so because I'm guessing, you know, you start small and then you try to expand and meet your demand. But, I mean, you guys have a I lot.
1: Mean, we, we started out pretty big pretty fast. You did.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's pretty crazy. You guys are, are nuts. Yes. Um,
1: yes, we are. How
0: many? So, okay. So, there's five. You guys are total in total farming five acres now.
1: Yep, five and a half.
0: And how many people are are doing that?
1: Uh, between our dining hall team and our farm team, we have six full-time employees.
0: Okay. So six full-time employees. So you guys will literally come out here and farm and then you go and you serve food.
1: Yeah. So we have, right now we have an executive chef and a sous chef and they're basically throughout the week, at least during the school season, just in the kitchen. And then the rest of the team is out here with me. Based on, you know, if we have an event though, like we may be out on the farm in the morning harvesting and then we're in the dining hall serving lunch to 150 people, like plated for a special event that we have or something. Yeah. So, but we do have, um, we do have some farm apprentices and then we also have some part time student workers, but we have to work around schedules and stuff because they yeah. are students. But yeah. So we have, we have a, an interesting mix of people, but yeah, just six full-time employees between farm and dining hall. It's a little, little insane. Yeah. Just <laughs> we do bit. a lot of stuff. <laughs>
0: so who were your guys' biggest influences? Because, I mean, you have some beds look like they're 30 inches. Other beds are 36 inches. Because, um, um, I mean, <laughs> you guys are using hand tools. I mean, it, it looks similar to like Elliot Coleman style. And- yes.
1: Yep. So Tad and I... uh both went to Michigan State University and graduated from their organic farmer training program. And uh, a lot of the books that we read while we were at Michigan State were Elliot Coleman. Uh, but then it's just been years of practice and what we found works best and we still change it up and learn from it. So some of our beds like in the hoop houses are three feet with a one foot path. And then my beds out in the fields are three feet with a two-foot path. So, and then, you know, and you've got to figure too, like, I want people to be able to straddle the beds and harvest, but some people are shorter than others and have short legs and that doesn't work as well. So you have to consider all those things too. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And so you guys, but you guys grow everything. I mean, you have garlic growing, you have brassica mixes, you have lettuce mixes,
1: asparagus, mushrooms, microgreens, tomatoes, peppers, cucumbers. I mean, you name it, we probably grow it.
0: And so we're so how do you see like I guess like is there a projection on what you guys would like to expand cuz you just expanded down there?
1: <laughs> yeah, so we just expanded um onto the lower part of campus and put in three new fields. And it's really we want to be able to um can and preserve a lot of what we're growing this year that way we can serve it throughout the year in our dining hall for you know our students and guests because that's something we found um not only are we good at is creating really special dishes but uh our folks really enjoy it and they've become pretty accustomed to like excellent food because that's that's what it is i mean we pour our heart and souls into growing this food and then you know being able to watch my chef like walk out on the farm this morning and i showed him you know like i have arugula for you this week and literally like the excitement on his face was overwhelming like that's that's what you want somebody who really appreciates the food and then creates like these most beautiful dishes that really highlight the produce and don't mask it yeah and that just that for me is one of the best parts.
0: It's it's pretty cool for sure just from my own experience. Like I I mean, I haven't done much more than like I mean, I focus a lot on salad mix and <laughs> just stuff that I can quick turn around, but it's still cool to have like somebody that knows food and has the same passion and get just get as excited as you get about it and they're like, "Oh, I can use this or I can do that." Like it's it's really rewarding. Mhm. Um what so? You guys are also doing chickens now. You have some baby chickens.
1: Yep, we just got a hundred and fifty uh, laying hens. Uh, <laughs> so hopefully, we'll be providing eggs to our dining hall for our CSA farmers market for us, of course, because I love eggs. They're yeah. kind of my go-to in the morning. <laughs> Make a lot of breakfast sandwiches.
0: So do you, do you guys do you guys plan on um. <laughs> I like eggs too. I eat them all the time.
1: Uh, you guys, <laughs> random you guys, side note. Yeah, random side <laughs>
0: note. Do you guys plan on uh, like hiring more people to manage the birds, or you're gonna have somebody managing the birds too? Um, so, like, what's the plan? <laughs> so, you you said something before about your your guy that does the mushrooms and microgreens came to you and Tad for a plan. And it kind of sounded like Joel Salatin style. <laughs> So, I mean, is that is that kind of a plan that you guys want this place to be a place for people to come and create an enterprise here on the farm? or
1: um, Maybe someday. I don't think we're quite to that point yet. Um, but, like, for Taylor, who does our mushrooms and microgreens, like, he originally started out as a farm apprentice. Yeah. And then we were able to bring him on as full-time crew. And he heads up, like I said, the mushrooms and the microgreens, but he still does... Like, we all do everything. Like, that's the thing. Yeah. And that's, I think, what makes us really a unique team. Like, it wouldn't be possible for us to do everything we do if we weren't as passionate about it as we are. And for our team, it's like, no task is too small. Like, you know, it could be one day you're doing dishes in the dining hall, and that job, like, sucks. But then you also get to turn around and see this beautiful food. Like um you know a lamb chop with a red wine demi-glaze like just artistically prepared by one of your chefs and it makes it all worth it you know and then you come out on the farm and you're harvesting salad mix it's just it's the full effect of everything we do it all
0: yeah so i mean so what's the plan with the birds because that's a lot of work getting all those yeah. eggs.
1: Um, I mean, it's just going to be split between the farm team.
0: Yeah. So you guys are just like, how many hours a week can we work?
1: Uh, just well, yeah. I mean, there's, they, they hassle me a lot because they think I work too much, which I probably do. But I mean, that's farming. Like when you choose farming, it's, it's your life. It's not, you know, just like a, oh, a nine to five, like I'm in my office typing away on my computer. Yeah. Like there's mornings I'll get here at like four or five o'clock in the morning harvesting and then I'm here at, like, 7 or 8 o'clock, sometimes at night, closing down the houses, making sure everything's put away. It depends on the day and the season. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> and the people, like, what do we have to do, so.
0: So when did you guys get the, um, the hoop houses built?
1: So our two. Or not
0: hoop houses, high tunnels.
1: The mini hoops. The yeah. mini hoops we built uh, last summer. Okay. So, and this is, we did a little bit in them over the fall for production but this spring was really our biggest as far as trying to get them into production and we're actually going to turn so there's 26 beds and 12 of those are going to be put into strawberries so we're going to try and bump up our strawberry production
0: let do some perennials in the in there
1: um yeah More strawberries yep. and you said
0: maybe blueberries
1: yep maybe some blueberries we're still kind of back and forth on that one not sure if we want to do it there or somewhere else
0: so did you guys shut down during the winter? Did you have a lot of production going on in the high tunnels? No,
1: we we never shut down. Yeah. So we we produce yeah, 12 months a year. We still do salad mix, um radishes, carrots, beets, all that kind of stuff for the dining hall during the winter. And then we also did the winter market at New Albany.
0: So the winter farmers market at New Albany.
1: Yeah. It's first Saturday of each month, I think like October through March, something oh, like wow. that. So it was pretty good. It was a nice way for us to connect with people and get some of our produce out there.
0: Yeah, for get sure. Get the word out. For sure. Um, so what, um, I guess, like, what changes are the plans for the future? Like, what, what are you guys' goals for this season?
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we have a lot of things that we'd like to do. We're actually looking to... um expand our CSA program to be able to reach more folks and provide more people, uh, with food. Um, but another thing we'd really like to get into is so we grow all of our own transplants here and basically everything we grow. Yeah. You guys except even for a transplant few things. Carrots. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I thought that was weird. Not, I was always told you can't do that.
1: Except for a few things we like we transplant everything, carrots, beets, Um, So, the other hope and dream is that we will actually be approved to build a transplant production greenhouse this year because we really, really need it. Like we're doing probably 150 to 200 trays of transplants a week and to try and figure out where to put those is challenging.
0: (laughs) That's a lot. I can't imagine. I mean, it's just like so much for five acres. It's just it's just a ton of stuff going on.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of food. It's a lot of intensive intensive planning and rotation. Like that's a lot of what uh, we do during the winter is we do crop evaluations. So we sit down and discuss like, how did this variety do? How did it compare to this? What was production? What was taste? And then based on that. So who sits down? Is it just
0: is it just is it you the sh- the chefs and and Tad or is it just you and Tad um, the whole team?
1: It's basically the whole team. We sit down and figure out like you know Brian Chef Brian will come to me and say Hey, I really liked those Touchstone beets that you grew, but I wasn't really crazy about the uh, you know turnips or whatever yeah. that you gave me this week. Like, can we do a different variety? Or he'll go to his seed catalog and he'll be like, Hey, I saw this thing. <laughs> Can you grow it for me? me? And I'll be like, well, let me see. Like, does it fit (laughs) into the plan? (laughs) And then we do. We do some funky stuff and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't.
0: (laughs) That's pretty cool, though. You only know from trying. Um, Yep. So what have been the biggest hurdles being out here?
1: (laughs) There's a lot of hurdles. Just... uh, in general, things that we come up against out in the fields are deer. Um,
0: they're not really keen on you guys hunting the deer here on the.
1: No, no, they're not real crazy about us hunting could, deer on the seminary. Serve, uh, it's not a good seminary thing.
0: Seminary harvested deer. Right I mean, right our deer—they're probably. They're probably pretty healthy. They're from probably all your delicious produce. from
1: eating everything they do. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Um. So they're one of the biggest things that we have problem with, but that's why we have pup farm dog. Yeah. He chases off the deer, he gets rid of the mice, chases off the geese, in general patrols.
0: <laughs> so deer are your biggest pests?
1: Deer are definitely our biggest pests and we're still trying to figure out how to navigate that. It's a challenge.
0: Have you guys discussed like fencing?
1: Uh we have. Um I don't know if you've ever put up a deer fence, but no, it's, a it's not pain fun. in yeah. the butt. It is absolutely say, yeah. terrible. <laughs> you don't want to do it. No. And it doesn't always work either like deer are crafty they'll jump over fences regardless of how, how tall they are and then they would be like stuck in here and just like hey look buffet great just get a crossbow <laughs> yeah at the seminary you can say a prayer rita
0: wendell berry poem <laughs> shh,
1: shh, we don't want we don't talk about that we don't talk about that <laughs> okay <laughs> we keep that on the down low <laughs> okay
0: got you um well that's good to know um <laughs> So now, have you? Okay, so you have the chickens. Have you thought about expanding to more livestock? Are you going to focus just oh, yeah. more on veg?
1: Oh, yeah. So that's one of the things we navigate. Because um, you have
0: a beautiful thing of woods back there you could raise we pigs do. In.
1: We do. We would love to raise uh, pigs and sheep. And uh, I don't think we have enough room to do cows, but pigs and sheep for sure. But it's oh. all a. Uh, you, you know, like because we work cows. you could
0: in, do a dairy cow, that would be pretty cool.
1: that would be fun. I would be into that. I love cows, but you know we work in conjunction with the school, so everything that we do um you know, we create a plan, write out a budget, and it goes down and has to be presented to you know our board of trustees and directors, and then has to be you know shown to the administrative council and. Then it goes back and forth and is discussed and is this a good thing for the school? You know, there has to be discussion on both ends because it's not just the farmers being like, Hey, we're gonna do this, ha ha.
0: Yeah. Like it's a group of people
1: that have to come together and make the best decision for the school and for the farm. Yeah. So yes. So everything's a stepping stone.
0: (laughs) So what's your guys' next next thing that you're gonna take? (sighs) What do you what do you like you absolutely (laughs) wanna do next? I'm just putting you on the spot.
1: Um I mean, fruit trees
0: would you guys like to do trees
1: we do have a few apple trees uh the deer decided they were a great snack
0: yeah that's what they do
1: um ah oh, man i don't even know like there's so many things that i'd love to do fruit for sure but it's just trying to figure out a plan to do it all i mean we're really pushing the mushrooms right now cuz that seems to be a kind of a niche thing for us and people get really excited about it like when we yeah. distributed wine cap mushrooms to our csa in the fall people were like what is this like i've never even seen this before
0: is that what you guys put in the wood chips and the uh beds over so there?
1: there's wine caps there's oysters there's shiitakes so we have logs out in like our little wood rows and stuff we they're everywhere I don't even know exactly where Taylor has put all his mushroom spawn right now. He's just always like, "Hey, there's mushrooms here, they'll come up at such and such time." And I'm like, So does he just okay. <laughs>
0: does he just go out and inoculate them himself? Yep. That's pretty cool.
1: Yep, he inoculates them. Um he comes to me and he's like, "Hey, this is a variety I want to try. Here's what's great about it. What can we do?" And then he and I will sit and discuss it and be like, "Oh, okay, this fits in with the plan here." Yeah. And he just goes for it and he leads the way and he's done an incredible job.
0: Yeah, he grows some pretty interesting microgreens.
1: Yeah, we've been doing uh, a brassica mix for microgreens. He's been doing red vein sorrel, which is just gorgeous. The flavor on it is kind of crazy. And then we've been doing like lemon basil and cress and all kinds of stuff.
0: So how, I mean, so is he doing, um, how quick is, like what's the turnaround on a lot of those? Like how many days Um, to harvest?
1: So, when we're working with the dining hall and asking them, like, okay, we have this event coming up. What would you like? We ask for, like, a two-week lead time at the very least.
0: So, it's, like, 14 days in a lot of those? Yeah,
1: give or take. Some of them are closer to 10 days. Yeah. Some of them are a little bit longer, more like 21 days. It all depends on the variety. Yeah. And how fast they germ. and
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: What type of rate we have to seed them at. <laughs> Is he
0: doing, um like, all the 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 uh like the ten twenty,
1: the trays. shallow trays yeah yeah
0: yep so you doing the like one inch tra- or like one inch or half an inch trays or is you yep. doing the okay
1: yeah we do the shallow trays it's just easier it's and less it's easier soil for, too yeah. yeah less soil easier to water
0: yeah so. and now are you guys mainly are you overhead watering everything with the micros
1: yep we have a mister attachment that goes on our hose and that makes that makes especially for the microgreens yeah life a lot easier because then you're not blowing seed all over the place when you're trying to water it like you would be if you're using just a regular hose nozzle
0: absolutely (laughs) and you're one of the few people that i know that actually likes drip so let's talk about your drip irrigation even though we went in your high tunnel (laughs) and it it, there was something wrong with one of them which is why i don't like drip but you're like
1: yes i mean drip has its challenges for sure but um, and we do have some overhead irrigation in some of our houses, but it depends on what we're growing as to when, when yeah. I'll use it. But I find drip is most efficient as far as getting the water where it needs to be. And there's a lot less waste.
0: There is less waste, but it's just, it's a
1: pain in the butt. So yeah. It's for just sure. something
0: can go wrong. I think in the, <laughs> like, there's just a lot to go wrong. Like, I, I don't know. It's, it's always like talking to so many people, like even like I can tell when I watch like you know my friend Curtis Stone's videos. Like he gets really frustrated with his drip, but he's like, "Well, wow, but mm-hmm. it's just something that's you know it's easier to do, like put under the landscape fabric or to yeah to do that." And also, I mean, when you're when you're looking at paying a water bill or something, it's going to be more efficient than overhead. Um,
1: yeah, and that's I think the thing that's hard with overhead irrigation here for us is, I mean, if you water have a windy day. Too, or- if you have a windy day like you have no idea where that water is going
0: yeah no that makes sense and, and you're if- on but you're on a well too do you guys get good water pressure
1: or? yeah our water pressure is pretty good uh and the only many- thing that sucks is sometimes sediment and crap comes up through
0: that's good for the plants, though.
1: So. Yeah, it's not so good for my hose nozzles when I'm trying to water, <laughs> and it's like blur, blur, like plugging yeah. out weird crap, and I'm like, oh, great.
0: Now, I see, like, across <laughs> the fields, you guys have a bunch of different pumps set in. So are they, are they all tapped in the same well, or do you guys have multiple wells drilled?
1: No, we have uh, just one well, but we have, I think, five hydrants out on the farm, and then each of our large hoop houses has a hydrant as well. Okay. So the well does a pretty good job. If we got, if we got any more hydrants, we'd probably need to drill another one. But the ones, the hydrants that we have up here right now are sufficient for what we have to do. Very cool. So
0: there's like <laughs> yeah. other stuff I want to talk to you about, Noel. But I'm just like looking around and
1: <laughs> overwhelmed by. <laughs> I'm overwhelmed. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff
0: here. Like I, I mean, this is, this is pretty cool. Um, so what uh would have been your guys' biggest successes?
1: Our biggest successes, I would say, is our team. Yeah, I mean, we have farm apprentices that come in and out every year, but and I think that's been the most rewarding thing is seeing folks come in and then uh, you know whether they choose to stay on with us or go on to other places like we've been able to be here and be a resource for them you know one of one of our guys uh, one of our original apprentices, Owen Needham you know, started out here for us as an apprentice. Then we were able to bring him on as a full-time crew member. And now he's back in Chicago where he's from, uh, running an urban garden for a Jewish synagogue up in Chicago and really being able to take everything that he's learned here and give back to the community that he's passionate about. Yeah. And that I think is, is the best thing. And that's, it's our people that are our success because they're the ones that are going to go out and really make the change that you know our community needs that our food industry needs and we're being able to equip them with the knowledge and the resources to do that and I think that's incredible my favorite part personally (laughs) yeah
0: no that's really cool I think I mean I think community is everything I think that's uh that's the biggest thing that's that's missing. And I think a lot of people's lives, yep. Just they get really busy and they forget about going outside or they don't eat meals with their families, stuff like that. So I, th- I think mm-hmm. that's, that's a big deal. Um, and then, so let's talk about tools. Let's talk <laughs> about your guys' tools here. Because,
1: <laughs> what kind of tools do you want to talk about, Drew? Right, so We've you, got them all. You have them all. <laughs> yeah.
0: You guys have quite a bit. So you, I looked in there, you had some nice seated Densely seeded beds in the high tunnel and you yep. used a pinpoint cedar. Yep,
1: we use a pinpoint cedar from Johnny's. That seems to work best for any of our lettuce salad mix, our arugula or brassica salad mix.
0: Do you do do you guys do transplants of spinach?
1: we do spinach transplants, yep. We do we do spinach transplants when we're gonna harvest spinach as like bigger leaves. Yeah. If we're doing spinach as a baby leaf like a one cut harvest, then we'll do it with like our jang cedar.
0: So you don't you don't have issues with uh germination with the jang?
1: Um like I it's... do in the fields, but I think that's more because of the soil not because of the jang.
0: Okay. Cuz a lot of people don't have a lot of luck with spinach in the jang.
1: Um I've not had problems with it. Okay. I think the biggest problem is for us when we're using the jang out in the field is just germination in our soil. Like the soil isn't always conducive to certain crops that we like to direct seed. And then the deer come along and are like, Oh, look at this <laughs> nice did, little yeah. green you grew for me. And then it's all over. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, so do you have, um, cause that's like some frost netting. Do you guys, yep. will you guys leave that up longer to keep it, keep deer out or.
1: Yeah. So we'll leave that up longer to try and keep the deer out and also to try and cut back on some of our insect pressure.
0: What's, uh, what's the biggest, insect pests that you guys have?
1: Uh, cabbage cabbage loopers um, we get tomato hornworms those are pretty crazy
0: I got crushed by flea beetles last year
1: yeah we don't we haven't had much problem with flea beetles we've had some aphid issues which are lovely because aphids just are like haha you killed me but actually not so here I am again <laughs>
0: you can uh, I think Curtis Stone got these little micro wasps and he he like paid somebody to come in and he had to buy these little, these other little insects. They went and killed all the aphids.
1: What
0: I think so. Last year, that yeah, sounds it's cool. Yeah, <laughs> well, you find
1: uh, I'm gonna have to look that up when I go all, home.
0: It gets all perm, <laughs> you can get all permaculture ish and talk about it, but it's just you find the natural predator. I don't know how much that costs, but uh, I don't know. You guys <laughs> seem to have a lot of resources sometimes. We have a yeah. lot of infrastructure.
1: We do have a lot of infrastructure, which is good. Yeah. We wouldn't be able to do a lot of what we do if we didn't have...
0: Good resources. Yeah. 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 No, it's it's a blessing for sure. Um, I was trying to think what else, Noel, <laughs> I wanted to ask you.
1: Um,
0: yeah, so where do you see yourself in farming for the future? Do you think you'd always want to farm at a place like this? Would you want to own your own property? <laughs> like what?
1: Uh, I mean, I think the eventual goal is to have my own farm where where that ends up being yet i'm not sure yeah. um for now it's been a really great experience for me to um as a young person be able to come here and you know supervise and oversee you know basically an incredible piece of land and grow some really amazing food and make really great connections and have an experience you know not only working with my farm staff but working with you know faculty and administration, uh at the school as well and figuring out how to incorporate, you know, what we're doing here on the farm, like into their classes and, um, really teaching people like, you know, this is where your food comes from. This is how it all connects to the theology side of things. You know, I mean the very first, uh,
0: part of the Bible, part of
1: the Bible, Cain and Abel is, you know, they're farmers and that's, one of the commandments that God gave is to be stewards of his earth and care for it. So it's connecting all those things and really trying to bring it together for people and show them what's possible.
0: Absolutely. I think it's great. Um, I don't know. I can't think of anything else I want (laughs) to ask. I mean, is there any, anything else you want to add before we, we end this live podcasts are always interesting. I don't do them a lot. So it's like, I don't,
1: I've never done one ever, so I'm, yeah, yeah. You're doing great, I'm just over here like, hey, this you're doing is... <laughs> a,
0: you're doing a great job. Don't worry. No, i just You're doing a great say, job.
1: I mean, for people that are interested in farming, like, don't be, don't be scared to go after it, and don't be afraid when people tell you no, because they will. Yeah. I mean, when I told people that I wanted to be a farmer, like, as a little 12-year-old kid, they were like, ha-ha, whatever, like, skinny little white girl, you're never going to be a farmer.
0: <laughs> well, I think, too, with... Uh, <laughs> being from like Northwest Ohio, like not too far from where you grew up. Yep. I mean, the the idea of farming is, is large scale row cropping and, you know, the whole go big or go out thing was, I mean, that was really championed before I was even born. And I'm, Mm. I'm older than you. (laughs) So it's, you know, I, so I think I remember uh, it's just, so when people think farming, they don't think, of you know small scale intensive farming on five acres which I mean just even looking at I mean this is a ton like I would (laughs) I'm not gonna lie I'd never want to farm this much land I just think it's really it's just so much like it'd be so much work to do and it's not that I like I don't like work it's just (laughs) like I'm like I think I'm pretty good at an acre but (laughs) I mean like I'm not even close to that now and I suck at like my like just my backyard so I think like but I mean, when you have a team, it's totally different, but I think yeah. when you're on your own it it can be like you
1: it can be overwhelming, for yeah, sure. for
0: sure, but i and I think like just even i mean, I thought i was I was <laughs> done and out of farming, I was just gonna try to aggregate, and then like I was like, man, am I really just gonna let one season get the best of me,
1: yeah, and that's and that's the thing you know, with farming and the thing that I have to keep reminding myself is it's constantly a learning experience. Like every day is different. You know, what worked yesterday may not work today. Yeah. And, you know, trying to take what I've learned in the past, you know, from based on my own experiences, based on what I've read, based on, you know, everything that I've discussed, you know, with people like you, with other farmers, with other growers is (laughs) like, how do I take all that and improve? Like, how do I you know, be the very best that I can be and never be complacent where I am because success is never going to come from just being complacent and deciding, well, I've learned it all because that's... If you've decided that you've learned it all, it's all over at that point.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no, the day you stop learning is the day you start dying.
1: Yep, that's... that's Even though fact. we're
0: dying every day, but...
1: Well... <laughs> I
0: mean, it's just... <laughs> but uh, we
1: progressively... It's, it's, a, it's a fun
0: ph- philosophical thing to say. <laughs> um, it's true. Well, if, if people... I guess, uh, must read book because if it wasn't for your Wendell Berry quote, I wouldn't have messaged you. (laughs) So, not that I didn't think you were cool, but I'm just saying, whatever.
1: Okay. You didn't think I was cool. I get it. I see It's fine. I'm super dorky.
0: That's all right. (laughs) I am too, Noel, clearly. (laughs) So, what, so what, like, so for books, like, what, what was the most influential book you read on farming?
1: Ah, I mean, Wendell Berry, basically any of his books. I mean, The Unsettling of America, um, Michael Pollan is another great writer, Gene Logston. Like I started reading one of his books when I was in college, like writing for a research paper. And I was like, this is great. Like this yeah. guy is super cool. And then I came to Ohio and I was like, he lives in Ohio. This is awesome. And then you're like, I get why
0: Ohio is better than Michigan uh... all these years.
1: All these years, well, we're not gonna go there. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: these years, Ohio's always been better than Michigan. Gene Logston, all mm, that stuff.
1: Okay, I'll give you Gene Logston, but as far as like Ohio State Buckeyes go, like no, mm-mm. Michigan and Michigan State are always better. Sorry. Don't hate, they, don't hate me. Don't.
0: I don't me. hate you. I don't. <laughs> I don't really care. It's funny. All right. So uh okay. So Wendell Berry and Gene Logston, and then if so, if people wanted to to follow your guys' work here and follow the the cool stuff you guys do. What's a good way for people to do that?
1: I mean, probably the best way is uh, through the Seminary Hill Farm Instagram. Uh, That's a good way to find out what we're doing. We post pretty frequently on there. You can also follow me on Instagram. I'm Smiley Farm Girl (laughs) because Smiley is one of my nicknames from way back when I used to work at the Orchard. uh, we also have a brand new website that just got launched a couple months ago seminaryhillfarm.org
0: so if people are local and they want to sign up for your csa they can go there
1: yep seminaryhillfarm.org our first csa distribution is may 4th and i'm excited and freaked out so
0: <laughs> that's pretty cool well, get some
1: local farm veg from your favorite young farmers because we're a really young, young that's, group. that's true <laughs>
0: That is very true. And I don't want to sell anything to you personally because if you're in the area, I'm just teasing. But anyway.
1: Well, just supporting any local farmer.
0: Supporting any local farmer. But I was just joking because I don't like people. Nope. No, I love people.
1: <laughs> sure you I'm do. Just, that was convincing. Yeah,
0: no, I'm just goofing around. <laughs> um, So, no, I mean, personally, like, I'd rather work with businesses. Like, I'm still really burned out. on Like, when you work sales for as many years as you have, you're just like, I don't. I can sell stuff at farmer's markets. Like, it's really easy to sell. But it's like, man, I just don't want to go. <laughs> I got want to be around all that traffic and all that stuff. But it's mm-hmm. I understand the value of it. I think yeah. um, my friend was actually telling me that, like, traffic is starting to peak out at, at farmer's markets. And it's because it's changing. Because it's like you have to... Everybody wants something that's convenient. Mm-hmm. And so... Like the, yep. the reason why like aggregators are big or you know, CSAs are getting bigger is like especially if you could do a home delivered CSA.
1: Yep.
0: People people want that. So they just they don't want to leave their houses. So
1: No, they don't. And they want and this is the thing that's tricky with CSA and uh a way that we're actually changing our model this year is people want uh Options and choices, like they don't want a farmer mystery box of here's ten items yeah. that are in season this week. So that's like, actually check be- it out
0: before we we go. Then, like, yeah. So what are you guys doing for that?
1: So we actually changed our uh, style of CSA this year. It's going to be kind of our launch uh, starting in May is more of a farmers market style. So okay. people have based on whether they bought a half share CSA or a full share CSA. I get anywhere, I think it's from like 30 to 45 credits, depending on which they have. And each crop will have a um, credit value assigned to it. So it's almost like going to farmer's market and being like, I have 30 bucks. Yeah. And you can pick out, like, I want two bunches of carrots and a bag of salad mix and a bunch of radishes. Instead of it being, like, here are the 10 specific items going into your box, you actually have the option of what you get to
0: choose. So now are are you guys investing in, like, an interface for the CSA online for people to choose it online? Or do they just show up and then they tell you what they
1: want? Nope. They'll come to either here on campus on Tuesdays. This is, um, we have distribution on Tuesday nights from 2 to 6. And then we'll do distribution in Lewis Center at the Murata Apartments on Thursdays from 4 to 7. And that's the opportunity for folks to come in. And we'll have anywhere from 8 to 12 different vegetables. We're going to have fresh bread that we're baking in our dining hall. We're going to offer, um... You're going to have eggs. We're going to have eggs, (laughs) finally, yes. (laughs) Um, we're also going to you know, working with our partner farms that raise, you know, all this beautiful lamb and chicken and beef, like, offer that to our CSA members as well. So they're really getting a full CSA. Like, you can have vegetables, but you can also decide, like, I want a package of ground beef. I'm making hamburgers tonight. Here's my brassica salad mix to go on top. Here's my burger buns. I've got a full meal. I'm ready to rock.
0: So you guys are be so you guys are going to be selling ground beef too.
1: So it's going to be part of the CSA. Okay. So it's one of the options, and, and, and it may not be. And that's be from partnering
0: up with another Ohio farm as yep. well. Yep. So you guys are, are partnering up with the farm for not only the dining hall, but for the CSA. So everything is going to be Ohio.
1: Everything's going to be Ohio grown. So, like, we work um, with Charlie Payne over at Covey Rise Farms, and he does beautiful lamb. Yeah. So, we'll have lamb from him. We work with Tony Tracy. He does all pasture raised poultry. So, we'll be working with him getting our chickens. Like, it's just, you know, that's one of the best things that I found. And about the beef's all grass fed too. Beef saw grass fed. Is it
0: hundred percent grass fed?
1: Um, I don't think it's hundred percent.
0: So it's not grass finished. Yeah. How dare no, I'm just uh, I know. No, it's still a lot better. But it's still we work good. and that's the yeah. thing that's
1: great is being able to work with all these other farmers and support them and bring their products in and expose, you know, the wonderful things that they're doing to a whole new demographic of people.
0: Yeah, just the food just tastes better too. Like when you when you all get right. access to local food, like like I'm really like bummed out because i'm all out of bacon almost and my <laughs> that's, friend, a, that's a crime <laughs> nature's image farm they make the best forest raised beyond organic crafts pork and
1: you're making me hungry man like
0: i know it's, it's all dinner time he's got the perfect <laughs> uh pig variety too for bacon so yeah and so my, my buddy just got cuts and it's like you know, for, for that high quality food, it costs a lot more for bacon, but it's totally worth it.
1: Oh, it's worth every penny.
0: Yeah. So I'm going to have to come up with $10 a pound in bacon, Woo! but it's worth it. So, but, um, yeah, but I think, I think that's special. I think that's really cool what you guys are doing and I appreciate you taking the time to show me around and for a workaholic like yourself to take a break and talk to (laughs) me about everything you have going on here. Like it's been fun. And, uh, I'll have to come and get some lunch sometime.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it. You're more than welcome anytime. We love having folks out and sharing what we're doing and sharing good food with awesome people.
0: Cool. Well, guys, contact Noel if you want to come and go on a farm tour. I don't know if you do <laughs> farm tours, but we do.
1: We do farm tours. Okay.
0: Well, if you guys even want to know about her ideas on what's what's been successful her for her and whatnot, and um, get a fresh take. So, I think that's pretty cool. So, well, thanks for coming on, Noel.
1: Sure thing.